Hi guys, and welcome to Hauntedology. I'm your host, Megan, and I cannot wait to dive into this next episode. It is my belief that every city has a story to tell, and it's our job to listen. So let's see what this special city has to tell us today. Before we dive into the special episode, I want to say that while the Savannah season has a few more episodes left, it is coming to a close, but the show as a whole is not. We will go to another city and find out all of its history and wonderful secrets and at one point in the show, we will even be heading across the globe. So we're not done yet. We have everything from haunted prisons, asylums, and even abandoned towns like Chernobyl. Every city has a story. It may not have enough stories to make a full season, but every city has a story and we're going to tell it. So. I really hope you like the rest of the podcast as much as you've liked the Savannah season so far. Alright, so if you remember from the first episode of the Marshall House, a few rooms really left us in question as to what went down there since putrid odors and some serious bad vibes were reported by all who entered the room. Especially during the reconstruction of the building's upper floors in the late 90s, the rooms that were mainly in question were 214, 314 and 414. I didn't realize this until later on, but they all end in 14. They're all in a row um, and building. I would guarantee you that 314's above 214 and 414's above three, you know, like perfect row. That's creepy. Three's a horde, I reckon. So if you missed the first episode, which really kind of spurred this little spinoff because of someone's constant questions that I didn't have answers to at the time. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> um, you definitely need to go back and listen and then pick back up right here. So for those of you who did listen already, I'll give you a little mini recap. So the hotel served as a hospital for Union soldiers and yellow fever victims. During the renovations performed in the late 1990s, in a downstairs room, workers were replacing rotten floorboards with human remains were discovered. After calling the authorities and the remains were cataloged, it was discovered that the remains were an assortment of nearly three dozen hands, feet, arms, and legs. Ew. Tests revealed that the remains were that of the Civil War era. Now, three rooms, the 214, 314, and 414 rooms, started having a foul odor. They started having them after they found the remains? I guess so. Okay. I know, it was really odd. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, ooh chills hmm. they started having the foul odors similar to get this rotting flesh yeah. and like just general bad vibes like it was just bad juju when you went in there like it was no go the thing was 414 was the worst the way they got rid of the smell and everything in 214 and 314 was by going in there and having a priest pray over the room and all of this stuff 414 smelled so bad that they could not even stay in there long enough to perform the prayer like they couldn't even get started it was so bad so it's said that the staff has to play gospel music still to even like go in there when they go in the room to like clean it clean it to keep the smell at bay is that just 414 or is that the other two rooms just 414 if that's the only one the prayers and everything worked on the other two rooms the smells went away maybe we should even close 414 because i'm not going to stay in a room that's revolting and stinking but you know what i don't think that part of the hotel is used for anything other than like a memorial. I think it's like at the relics and stuff. 
stuff they have found while cleaning up. Right. Okay. Because part of it is used for that. Okay. okay. But to the best of my knowledge, I think three and four are used for that. Floors three and four. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I wouldn't like 100% quote me on that. Yeah. But what I didn't mention in the last episode were some of the occurrences in room 414. So there are reports of people feeling their wrists being grabbed, like almost as if a nurse was checking their pulse. Okay. It'd be pretty high. <laughs> Other reports show guests being woken up during the night with a pressure on their foreheads as if someone was checking their temperature. In the old operating room, guests have reported seeing doctors treating wounded soldiers who were brought in from battlefield. Okay. The downstairs was reputedly used as a surgery ward. Makes sense. And a number of amputations were said to have been performed there, and that's where they found the bone. Makes sense. A surgical procedure, such as removal of a gangrenous limb... Was performed very differently than it is today. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh. anesthesia was in short supply. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate soldier was often given a very small amount of liquor, held down by strong male nurses, mm-hmm. and the offending limb was savagely sawed off. Doctors are nicknamed sawbones even today because of the gruesome practice. Yeah. There, I don't know. There had to be a better way. What you want to do? Take an axe and go whack? I don't know. But, I mean, I honestly think that would be better than sawing through bone and muscle and nerves. The average amputation took several minutes. Which doesn't sound like much, but can you imagine enduring that Uh, for that long? The wound was then packed with sawdust Sawdust. or lint with no regard for sanitary or antiseptic surgery. Oh, my God. Doctors placed a lead bullet between the teeth of soldiers receiving the amputation, giving the poor soul something to bite on during the crew procedure, giving rise to the phrase, bite the bullet. Mm. See, I would probably swallow the bullet, but... I'm thinking if I choke the death on the bullet, it's better than the pain I'm going through. So I'm not sure which end of that was a bad not bad end. Oh God. So with that origin, is it any wonder with that origin, is it any wonder that the saying means doing something very much against someone's will? Slightly. Yeah, yeah, that'd be against my will. My limbs ain't perfect, but I'm kind of fond of them. <laughs> well, with several limbs piling up, they pulled up a floorboard or two, tossed several body parts under the floor. There were several groupings of limbs, presumably because the surgeons would bury each day's amputations in a bundle together. Oh, my lord. There, those body parts remained until 1999. Mm. The Union soldiers left Savannah a souvenir that wasn't found until 135 years later. We appreciate that. Mm. Here's where Savannah's morbid sense of humor kicks in. What better room to use as a night manager's office? The surgery area is where the night manager's office was. Yeah, I can think of some managers I'd like to put in that room. <laughs> managers have complained of strange noises emanating in or around the office. Low moans and strange, unexplained footsteps have been heard. One manager saw a shadowy figure pass by the open door to the office, and this happened at a time that he was supposed to be alone. <laughs> I'd have made a new back door. The man was wearing a heavy, dark blue overcoat. He also claimed that there was one other odd thing about the man that he saw, the fact that he only had one arm. The Union soldier has mm. been seen on numerous occasions, the same exact description. Okay. Mm. That's bad. That's bad. So, when the human remains were removed from the office, it said that strange noises immediately started. The ghosts apparently missed their severed limbs and had begun to search for them. Oh, my golly. I mean, it makes sense. You take my arm, I freaking want it back. Mm. Okay. (laughs) 
<laughs> I ain't even got words. One can only suppose that the Marshall House charged those Union soldiers, well, you know, an arm and a leg for their stay. <laughs> yeah. Based on everything I've been able to find recounting the smells, I'm going to assume these rooms normally have victims in them of gangrene, which had a putrid odor and yeah. was ridiculously common back in these days. Makes sense. Both of them make sense. Um, medications weren't what they are. It so. gets worse. Oh, yay. So, based on everything I've been able to find recounting the smells, I'm going to assume that these rooms that normally had victims in them of gangrene were the ones with the putrid odors. Makes sense. Which is why those odors came back so strong. Mm. Because to avoid gangrene, they used amputations to do so. Yeah. Although the exact number is not known, approximately 60,000 surgeries, so about three quarters of all operations performed during the war, were in amputations. That makes sense for that war. Although seemingly drastic, the operation was intended to prevent deadly complications such as gangrene sometimes undertaken without anesthesia, mm. and in some cases leaving the patient with painful sensations in the severed nerves of yeah. the removed limb. And honestly, these amputations became to be widely feared by all soldiers. Yeah, I think. Well, there is a real thing called... Um, ghost limbs. Go- yeah, ghost yeah. limbs. And it's where exactly. like, you actually still feel the limb like it's still there and hurting. Be- the nerve endings and all that go down. And I mean, in this case, when you... Saw like- it off. I mean, like now, they're going to fix all that. It's going to be totally different. And even now, there's still some occurrences of, like, ghost pain oh, in yeah. missing limb. It's just your body adjusting, but yeah, the tragic way they endured it? Oh, heck yeah. Oh, my God. They probably never got over it. Ugh. That is a nightmare. Like I said, although it was sometimes undertaken without anesthesia, leaving them in pain and sensations still in the nerves of the removed limb. At this time, most of the vast numbers of wounded men made it impossible for surgeons to undertake more delicate, time-consuming procedures. Yeah, well, that's battlefield. Mm-hmm. And, you know, such as, like, building splints for limbs or carefully removing only the mm-hmm. broken parts of the bones or damaged flesh, you know. Yeah, makes sense. Now, I mean, it's worth mentioning, air quote, procedures were not in any way, shape, or form sterile. Again, but that's what happens when doctors of the time didn't understand or know very mm-hmm. much like our doctors do now. Right. Their physicians have very limited understanding of the importance of sterilization, the risk of infection, and practicing treating the kinds of major cases seen during the war. This is where it gets bad. Some severe wounds, particularly to the abdomen, mm. which we all know are most likely fatal. Yeah. Because you've got so many organs in that area. Definitely. So, those kind of wounds where patients were deemed unlikely to recover, they were often left untreated. Mm -hmm. So, injured soldiers often waited more than a day for medical care and sometimes had to endure repeated procedures to remove infection for hastily undertaken amputations or to be properly finished. Dear Lord. This resulted in painful repeat infections and they were surely nasty and painful. True. So, back to the rooms. The next part is pure speculation on my part. It's my personal theory as to why these few rooms smell so bad. Mm-hmm. And literally, if you call the hotel and ask about these three rooms, they will not give you any indication. They just kind of toss at the notation that it was, oh, it's, they say it's haunted, blah, blah, blah. They don't know the history of the rooms. They won't answer anything. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations, you left me to speculate. And we all know that's a bad idea. So, 
here is my personal opinion as to what really happened. For a few seconds, I want you to imagine if gangrene had time to set in, and we already said if a patient's not likely to recover because of a wound being deemed fatal, they really didn't mess with them. Okay, so picture yourself, a Union soldier, surely fatally wounded, within a day or two you're going to be dead because some southerner done shot you. So, number one, you get pissed. Okay, so your wound is nasty, the flesh is rotting, gangrene setting in, and I'm going to stop here actually though and explain what gangrene is. Gangrene, for those of you guys that don't know, is a condition that leads to the death of living tissue and it's caused by blood being blocked, um, the flow of it being blocked, or by bacterial infection. And gangrene most often affects the arms, feet, legs, and fingers, but it can also affect the internal organs, such as the intestines or the gallbladder. So, you know, Mm -hmm. think of, think of that wounded soldier with the abdomen wound. Mm -hmm. Okay. So therefore, I'm led to believe that even the wounded deemed unlikely to survive because their injuries were in places like the abdomen that are normally fatal, I believe they too could have been susceptible to the intestinal types of gangrene. Totally. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. So knowing this, think about if you're that wounded Union soldier literally rotting away, pissed off because some southerner done shot you, and this is how you're going to die. Number one, the smell alone would be enough to irritate me. Oh my God, yeah. So then you won't throw up all the time with this intestinal infection. Yeah. So number two, even the Best of us don't have the pain tolerance to deal with that kind of pain, resulting in an angered spirit, number one. They're mad because they got killed. They're mad because nobody helped them. They're mad because they died a horrible death. Mm. They're just pissed. So, can you imagine what this person was dealing with? The residual anger left over? Like, oh my God. Yeah, definitely. Now, this is what I'm thinking happened in these rooms that had such putrid odors. So, we're going to stop with this for a second and go back to rooms 214 and 314. So, as for these two rooms, the smell was able to be prayed over, okay? And all I can think is maybe in those rooms, the soldiers that were in there just happened to be Christians. And the prayer helped their souls move on or at least got rid of the rage. Okay. Maybe that's all I can think as to why a prayer helped those rooms. So... Maybe we figured out what happened to those two. But what about 414? Maybe the man who died there, maybe he must not have believed like the others, especially since it seems to dissipate the smell and the vibes when Christian music's played. Hmm. Maybe he didn't believe and that's why that scares him away. Maybe. Furthermore, the only reason music became a last resort, like I said, is because no one could stand the smell long enough to even perform a prayer. Was that his way of pushing the prayer away? I don't know. But you got to think, too, this dude's dead. So he's obviously seen hell. And you start bringing all this Christian stuff in there. He's like, crap, I should have believed more than that. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I I can't quite imagine that once, you know, if you don't come in there with a proper Christian overflow onto him, he's like, "Mm -hmm, I'm going to get rid of you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like almost, and this is pure speculation, what if this guy was an atheist in life, like, you're out and out, just did not believe. Mm-hmm. And the other two, maybe they were raised to believe, and that's why it calmed whatever was going on in their rooms or helped them move on or ease their pain, yeah. at least. And that's why this guy just 
couldn't move on because he's just so enraged and he doesn't have the comfort from those prayers like the other two rooms to move on. I don't know. Makes sense. What do you think, though, about my uh, deductions of the rooms? It makes sense. Something happened in those rooms. I mean, if, if all this is true, people really have seen, heard, whatever, something happened there. Well, I mean, if they're just waiting for him to die because they're so oh, fatally gosh. wounded and it smells so bad with the gangrene, that would explain the nurse checking your wrist. Yeah. That would explain somebody feeling your forehead for mm-hmm. a temperature. Mm-hmm. That would explain the occurrences people have had in those rooms. Yeah. Would explain the smell. Yeah. And I mean, sorry, dude. I live in the Bible Belt. That's why it keeps getting thrown at you. It's not like I'm trying to, but it's literally all I can think as to why in all records, Christian music is what sends the ghost away. Uh, yeah. I mean, being recorded in South Georgia. Sorry about it. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot's happened. As a result of a Christian song or, you know, different stuff like that. Things have, you know, kept, she was fixing to commit suicide and the words of that song spoke to her, whatever, whatever. So, yeah, there's there's definitely power in the music, too. Mm-hmm. So, if you are a, a, a bad spirit or a mad spirit or a... And, and maybe it wasn't even that this guy was such an atheist in life. Maybe he was just... Maybe he's just he, that mad. Yeah, maybe he was a Christian <laughs> man or a... Maybe he feels like he was let down because I, I'm a Christian. I did everything right my whole life and I've got to die this horrible death. Maybe. So maybe, maybe he... Maybe he feels like he was left abandoned by the person he believed in. Maybe so. Again, we're, we don't know who it was. We don't know what happened. We're left to speculate and this is yeah. all that I can really come up with to explain the smell and the occurrences and yeah. the... And the fact that gospel music somehow calms it all. Yeah, and the fact that they couldn't even try to perform a prayer in there because it was so putrid. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't even get out a prayer because it's so that's that bad. That's bad. bad. Because especially during the Civil War era, um, you would have had a minister, a, a priest, something, a clergyman of some sort, there for that reason. Mm-hmm. To... Um, gosh, I don't want to say it because I'm probably going to say it wrong. There's something in, I believe, and it could be wrong, the Catholic religion where the priest would pray you, I'm assuming maybe into purgatory. We're Baptists, by the way, so we're, yes, we're so speculating. I, half my family's Catholic. I should really know some of this stuff. But yeah, we're, I, we're I Italian Baptists. We're a little screwed up. <laughs> I could be totally wrong on that. There's some religion where the priest goes and, or preacher or whatever goes and prays over you. So maybe his religion. So maybe the priest didn't get to him. So now I'm even more pissed. You know, yeah. it's like before I died, when he was supposed to be praying me into my eternity, be it purgatory, immediate heaven, he immediate hell. He took too long praying the other guy. Now I'm left here to suffer. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of things like that. It seems to fit all of the things notated going mm-hmm. on in the rooms and it fits the time period the wounds of the time period how they handled the wounds yeah and somehow the rooms all just happened to end in 14 i hadn't figured that part out yet I that just, is weird yeah so yeah that's the one part i couldn't figure out so i mean something stupid as they're at the end of the hall where the stairs are so it made it easier for people working on those people in those rooms to um, travel. 
because of being near the stairs of the building. I, you know, it could Maybe. be something that's simple. Because I've never been in the Marshall house at all, period. So, I don't know. The room I was in was right by the elevator. <laughs> I think I was in like 206 or something. But um, I remember feeling kind of uh, unease there. Like, I slept. I was fine. I didn't see anything. Didn't feel anything. Didn't have any occurrences. But I do remember kind of just being like, a little on edge. Well, because you've been told all these things that have happened and what have you. So, mm-hmm. But, I mean, I had a good night's sleep. <laughs> I really wish I could find out more about these rooms. But, literally, I had tried so many times to research in so many different ways and wording it different ways. And nothing comes up. I've even tried the Georgia Archives and nothing comes up. Agreed. So, I hope this helped a little bit to make sense of these rooms to you guys. Hopefully it didn't just confuse you even more. Maybe in the least you at the least you found this a little funny. I don't know, but hopefully it was enjoyable and at least a little educational. Hi guys. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Hauntedology. I'm your host, Megan, and I greatly appreciate it. I do all of the writing for these shows myself, so it means a lot that you guys sit here and listen to what I have to say. Like I said, I believe every city has a story to tell, and I want to tell it. So don't forget, if you want to keep up and not miss anything, even social media-wise, you can always hit me up on the Instagram page for the podcast at Hauntedology or my personal Instagram at Megs underscore Noel. That's M-E-G-G-S underscore N-O-E-L or on Twitter at Hauntedology and at Megan Noel Fit.